This is so lame. A whole entire draft day, and all we get is people getting drafted. It's so lame. Nobody traded. Nobody going up. Even Fire Batman. Even Daddy Dubas in Pittsburgh. Draft, like, this whole class is not that that deep. <laughs> okay. Okay. I actually have a bone to pick with this draft, man. Like, before before we talk about the trade thing because okay you know what let's just get that out of the way the fact that nobody traded anything today is kind of crazy like everything aside all the the big names and all that dubis not trading down come on dude you do it all the time and as soon as you go away you don't do it i feel like i feel hurt <coughs> i feel blue drafted it was like seeing your ex-girlfriend walk up there it was weird yeah and like but like she's figured out her shit that you know it was the <laughs> she's doing you know, a little better you know now. what i mean she's doing a little better she's got a got a good job nicer guy and it's like oh god you know what promotion <laughs> so and she and she finally got rid of that those ugly cowboy boots like it's that one thing and that was dubis is trading down <laughs> uh, but yeah nobody gets traded it was kind of weird um but um the, the bone I have to pick with the draft itself, four hours for 32 picks is ludicrous. It was tw- like 722, and I'm like, we're still on Bedard. I get it, but like we got 31 other players to pick. And then when the second pick took another seven minutes, I'm like, what are we doing here? What are we doing? It's not even like it's an exciting seven minutes and like things are going on that I want to watch. It's just bleh. Yeah. I mean, NFL <laughs> takes about four hours, NBA even maybe a little bit longer. But like all these drafts are they're super at least long. exciting. They gotta do something, man. Especially after the NHL awards. The NHL awards, I couldn't even touch that. that no, was, nobody cares. I, I think about I got that. five minutes. I'm like, nah, nah. I just wanted to see who got uh um, I don't even remember which one I tuned in for. Oh, fuck, whatever. <laughs> it was lame. It was always lame. Yeah, um, but always lame. Uh, let's, uh, let's talk about all this and all the Leafs and all the stuff. Welcome back. Hi, this is Mike Ross, public address announcer for your Toronto Maple Leafs, and this is the Leafs Late Night Podcast, your post-game destination. And now, your starting lineup. Roscoe, the fanalist, Southey, Beaner, and Darty Brodeur on the Leafs Late Night Podcast. Welcome back to Leafs Late Night. Roscoe, Beaner, and Southey. Full disclosure, this is the third time I've hit record on this episode because technology <laughs> hates me tonight. So we're just rolling with the punches. So, um... You know, it's like you get a second take at things. Um, try it over. One thing that we don't get to try over is um, is going way off the board on a pick. We'll talk about the the first couple in a second here, but uh, a lot of people have been asking on Twitter, "Who is Easton Cowan?" And uh, from what I can see, he is a center. Um, he is five foot ten, and he was ranked anywhere from fifty to like a hundred. So. I mean, I get it. The Leafs only had a first round and like fifth, I think. But this seems way off the board. So I'm going to make you guys talk about him again real quick. Uh, who the hell is Easton Cowan? 
Um, he's an Ontario boy from just outside of London, and that's the OHL team he's a part of. With with a franchise like the Knights, um, and like they just churn out NHL prospects all the time. Yeah, like the Hunter who? brothers. I don't know. There's we can name a few. A couple. Yeah, it's this guy Marner. Um, but no, Marner, Kachuk, Domi, uh, Bouchard, Tavares and Edmonton. To, yeah, you can go farther back. Well, Tavares is more yeah. of a general. But True. they've been doing this um, for a while. Yeah, the Knights of their incredible OHL franchise. You have a a, a a franchise like that, and then like last season he played seven games for them. Right this season he played sixty eight, and he had fifty three points. So like it's not like he was an absolute all star, but it's not like he was a plug out there either. And then come playoff time, he's a point a game player. What would he have been second lines? Uh, what is he a right wing? I think uh, I see a little bit of everything. I see some some reports showing him playing center. Some reports showing him playing right wing. I think he was mainly wing for the Knights, but I could be wrong. Yeah, okay. I see it as a left wing actually. Wild. Okay. Um, I don't know who else was on the Knights this year. I don't follow the the juniors. I don't really. I I, I envy people that have time to. Um, so would he be like a first line guy there? Is he like leading this team, or is it uh, is he kind of more a support guy here? You got to think um, next year he'll probably be higher up there, right? Because he's your, yeah. like, your typical late bloomer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the he, fact he, that he played what set you said seven games the year before last. Yeah, That's he was. I mean, obviously junior B COVID most of stuff, last but... year. And I think it was the later half of this year too, where like he really started turning on. And like Beaner said, he had twenty-one points in twenty playoff games. Um, he really started to find his game. So I think Toronto thought they had a project in this guy because he's not going to be playing for you for the next two, three years probably. But at 28th in this type of draft, I think it was a pretty good pick. I mean, if he's going to be somebody who shows up in the playoffs, like we can always use those. I mean, if we're looking at locking these guys down that we have for a couple, you know, long-term extensions that we'll get to later uh you know this guy's development could still come within that window so to have an extra couple pieces that you don't have to try to trade for because it seems like playoff performers you know people that just show up for that time are kind of becoming the commodity so be interesting to see how that one pans out he's more of a, a speedy like cerebral player he's very creative and very intelligent with the moves that he does make um Okay. Even like able to manipulate the gaps that defensemen leave and stuff like that. So he's not going to like, I, I do not see him projecting out to be a top line NHLer, but probably definitely a good middle six guy. Okay, yeah. cool. Solid second liner. And I mean, really it's so tough to uh, outside of the guys that obviously stand out like the top, I don't know, five to seven, I will say, cause Mitchkov dropped. Um, but it, it's tough with the reduced seasons that these kids have had over the last couple of years to, to really tell what's there. So the fact that, you know, he's had this late bloom, I mean, late at 17, but um, it, it'll be, uh, I think it's going to be a really weird late um, return on this draft for a lot of teams outside of, you know, the obvious few. So with that, um, kind of strange, uh, Fantilli didn't go second. <laughs> We saw a little bit of a, a, a not a, not a stretch, but you know, 
somebody, I think it was kind of unanimous that Fantilli was going to go second. Am I wrong to say that? No, he was heavily favored to go second. I was actually going to bet on Leo Carlson to go second, and he was plus 450, and I had a gut oh. feeling that he was going to go second, and I didn't do it. That would have been terrible a terrible mistake. Damn. Uh, but yeah, Mitchkov dropping all the way to uh, seven. That was, it's going to be a steal, honestly. Yeah, not even the first yeah, Russian it, drafted. That one just really comes down to how how he's going to be able to come over, right? Like, I believe he's under contract for another, what, two, three years over in Russia? Yeah, yeah, but I mean, yeah, they can get out of those things. <laughs> they just got to pay. A little cash. It, well, Babs will toss I, the, Not Babs, sorry. Yeah, because technically the team's not allowed to pay for it, but like, yeah, they'll find a way. If they wanted know. him, you know. But I mean, they're also tearing it down in Philadelphia. Like they're getting rid of everything. So I don't think they're planning. Like even if the guy could play next year, it would be a waste to put him out there. Yeah, hundred percent. Like Philly's yeah. actually a pretty good place for him to land, just organizational wise, because they are doing a complete rebuild. They've teared it to the ground. And and to Peter's point, if you're not going to see him in two three years, then that's fine by them. They took a flyer on this guy, and I think it's going to pay off. Yeah, it's funny. the Flyers made this like last ditch effort to try to bring a bunch of people in and change it, and they went, "Nope, it's the team. We're we're getting rid of all of you. You had one more shot. Where we'll give you a new coach and GM and everything, new president. We'll get you fucking everything, and then nope, you guys suck." <coughs> Pardon me. Um, other ones. So uh, of note, the first four picks were all centers. The uh, the quarterbacks of the hockey draft. Obviously, it's ho- tough to come across one, but it's always interesting to see uh, how valuable they are here. But I'm also yeah. of note, only eight defensemen picked in the entire first round and no goalies. No, I think with uh, no real Goal- standout goaltenders or like number one or two defensemen, I th- like you said, top four were all center. You're going to take the position that matters most. Um, the, the defense that were picked are you know projected to be three, four, five even. So it's not terribly surprising to see that low count of defensemen. Yeah, I mean, I said it before we lost our episode, unfortunately, but Montreal and Arizona <laughs> both picking defensemen makes sense just because of what they've already got in terms of uh, you know young, blossoming forwards. There's no point in adding to that because eventually you're going to have to pay them all. But at the same time, I kind of... the The armchair GM and me would pick somebody... Um, maybe more valuable to trade or just trade the pick if you're kind of in that situation. I don't think either of these teams are really hurting to develop a defenseman in a couple of years. Like it'd be, it makes sense for them, but I think it would also make sense to trade the pick for something that's maybe 20 already or 21 if you can. But like, like I, I mentioned it before we lost our recordings. Um, with a team like Arizona, you have so many players that you're paying not to play, right? With with the the LCIRs and the contracts that they're eating for other teams, like those, they they won't count towards the cap, but they count towards contracts. Mm-hmm. So you only have what is it, fifty contracts that each team can have? Yeah. So if you have these players that 
are coming out of your ownership basically like where you have the rights because you drafted them and you have to sign them to entry-level deals or whatnot you don't want to have to give up on that player because you're you know working towards getting a younger player signed so if you have if if you know that and you're drafting guys that these guys aren't even going to look to come over for two three who knows maybe even four years so as as silly as it sounds that may be playing a part in what the coyotes are doing because we know they're not going to be successful this year they're multiple the counter the counter argument i'll make to that is they have 32 of 50 contracts right now and their roster size is 13 of 23 like they don't have enough players they have six forwards and five defensemen apparently yeah but they yeah. still need to fill those roster spots well, yeah, that's what I mean. That's why wouldn't they? Tra- why wouldn't they trade the sixth overall pick for like players that can play now? They've got so many picks. They have like something like nineteen picks over the next three years. Because they'll, they'll just they'll just wait until free, like you know, the second or third week in free agency, and sign all the players that thought they yeah. were going to get big paydays. And even finding mm, the player who would be NHL ready to play on that lineup, like who wouldn't be insulated by any great vets or anything, like that's incredibly hard to do as well. So they've got $28 million of projected cap space. And uh, I mean, I wouldn't say they're re-signing any of these guys that they've got. So they're pretty much going to have free reign to do whatever they want on July 1st. So be interesting to see what the Coyotes do. I'm I'm always intrigued to see if they're going to go for it or not, but we'll see. No, not this year. Uh, San Jose taking Will Smith fourth, though. That's exciting. I, I mean... I like San Jose. We're always looking forward to what they're doing. I honestly thought they were going after Mitchkoff because they're they're still ages away from being competitive, so they can they could have waited the time for him to fulfill his contract over in Russia That's good before point. coming over, right? But um, go, ahead. go on. No, I was going <laughs> to go on to the Ducks because they put out a cool jersey today. Oh, that they did. No, I, I was just going to mention that they were talking about in the broadcast that um, Greer's son is friends with Will Smith. So not that that should, because it shouldn't factor into what you do with your roster decisions and your drafting decisions for an NHL team. But at the same time, he didn't just get a couple minute interview to meet this kid. He's potentially known this kid for years knows what kind of character he has, knows what drives him, what motivates him. Like, that's potentially a steal for that team. They know him better than any other team would. Yeah, it's it's one of those double-edged swords, I find, where it's like, yes, you know him better, but you're also putting all of your um, scouting, not all of your scouting effort, but like you're, you're putting a lot of resources into somebody that's kind of taking away from, you know, if you were to put that same amount of time into somebody else, you would, you know, maybe find that they're better. Like, it's just one of those things. You can spend 100% of your time on one thing and you'll know it very well, but is it necessarily the best? I don't know. We'll see. It also comes down to the center thing. I think they just, you know, a center is more valuable to take in the top five than uh, than Mitchkov. But man, that guy's going to really start lighting the league up in a couple of years. It's going to be exciting. Um, I just wanted to show. So the Arizona or the Anaheim Ducks today. You see this? 
30th anniversary jersey. Look at this I thing. Did. Oh, such a beauty. Oh, the uh, they got for anybody listening. It's the old purple and teal with the uh, the duck mask in the middle. It says Anaheim Ducks, but it's got their like new logo just at the bottom. It's pretty sick. And uh, if you're watching, you can see it says buy it today and get 50% off customization. How much are these? What do you think? Not terrible. 180 bucks. That's pretty standard. Yeah. Yeah, so you got that. I'm not dropping that oh, in. It's late June it's for so the nice, Ducks. so nice, though. And you got, it says uh, Anaheim Ducks, established 2006. It also says, like, Mighty Ducks, established uh, 93. It says Mighty in the uh, the neck. It's pretty cool. Pretty, pretty, pretty cool. They're trying to gear that towards our, you know, our generation that grew up with them and with the movie and thinking we now have expendable money. Well, yeah, that seems to be the trend, right? Like they're now directing it towards millennials because we have the money to spend. Oh, yeah. Barbie movie at the same time as all this stuff. That's not a coincidence. They think we have the money to spend. Are you guys going to go see Barbie or Oppenheimer? What's your uh, what's your pick? Oh, Oppenheimer. Both? I'm such a Nolan guy. But I probably will looks, end up seeing both. I'll definitely end up seeing both. Oppenheimer looks so good. And my wife wants to see Barbie. And you can't go wrong with anything with Margaret Robbie in it. I'm in the exact same boat, Painter. <laughs> 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 I'm so down. Uh, it's. Uh, I, I did watch the trailer for Barbie. It's pretty funny. The, um, it looks pretty good. Sorry if people didn't want spoilers, but the uh, like the the dream house and how they like have her fly down from the top of it into the car because it's like somebody putting them in it. It's so funny. Not to mention, <laughs> oh, like Greta Gerwig's it... so good. Anything she directs is pretty amazing. And they caused a worldwide shortage on pink paint, and that's hilarious. So I have to see what <laughs> what that looks like. Anyway. Um, so moving on over to Leafs news, we made two signings today. One of them, Pontus Holmberg, two years, 1.6 mil, 800K a season. What do you guys think of this? I mean, he's 24, 800K a year for having an extra guy to, to throw around. I don't hate it. So does this basically guarantee that Rhino's not coming back? Well, I don't know. Why do you no. say that? Matthews. Tavares, Kamp, Holmberg. I mean, if you think Tavares, I don't think Holmberg's. Yeah, Holmberg's kind of being one with Camp. Like they're going to be vying for each other's job, or rather, Holmberg's going to be trying to get Camp's job. Yeah, he's more of an insurance than anything. I think he's going to be somebody that'll fill in if anyone's hurt. He's going to come up and, uh, you know, he'll be on the Marlies. I'm sure. Still, like I just, I don't see him being a full time guy, especially at League Men. They don't seem to think the same so let's see is it a is it a one way probably does it say I didn't see if it was two way one um does not try Why, Peter, do you think that's uh that's indicative that they're not going to resign ROR it, it's just curious that everything you hear you know th- this hour yeah, Rhino's coming back next hour. No, he's not coming back. Like it's it's been so back and forth, back and forth, and then they go and lock up 
two of their centers. Like I, I could just be, you know, reading the tea leaves completely wrong, but part of me kind of wonders in the back of my mind, well, has he told them, you know, unless I get X amount of dollars, I'm not coming back to a point that you don't want to spend that. Right. So here's my galaxy brain of what I think is going on here. Um, but first, actually, David Camp signs four times 2.4. Um, I like this contract. It's right where we thought he would sign. Um, he's 28. Get him until he's 32. I mean, the guy's fucking great. He kills penalties. He shows up when you need him to. Yep. He's uh, he's an overtime specialist. Damn it. He never misses hockey games. And with the cap going up in the next few years, that would look good in year two and three and four. Yeah, it sucks it's only going up a million uh, this year, but yeah. After that. So my galaxy brain idea here is uh, we just heard a report that Matthews is willing to take a bit of a, a little team-friendly discount in order to make the team better, you know, a la Boston Bruins. You know, Brad Marchand calling him out, I think, got him, uh, got him a little, you know, especially after they lost again. So uh, what I think happens here is they can't really – make a clear offer to Ryan O'Reilly or get back to him about what they want until they just figure out what they're paying Matthews and Nylander for the next couple seasons, because otherwise it's just a one year deal for Rhino. And I think if they want to get him at a decent value, it's going to have to be stretched out over a couple of years. And, uh, you know, you're looking at probably a four or a five year deal that they're, they're going to try and get with them to reduce the AAV. And at that point you have to know how much space you're going to have down the line, which, directly impacts Matthews and Neilander, So I think they're the more important ones to get out of the way first, and then you can make a real offer to Rhino. Yeah, the domino effect's a real thing. And like, to Mina's point earlier, the Toronto media has not had a great batting record with predicting what the Leafs are going to be doing this past few years. They usually don't see what's coming. Um, the reports are usually inaccurate or just taking wild stabs at the, in the dark. So I don't really take what they say with much of a grain of salt especially like these days. Think about like the last trade deadline. They yeah. had no idea what was going on. Yeah, I was just going to say, thinking back to when we got Giordano, it was kind of, uh, it, there was a couple people talking about it. Like I know Fridge said that it was a possibility of one of the people they were going for, but I mean, we heard so many names floating around that the Leafs could uh, be going for. But yes, this was a year where they were finally going all in, uh, you know, as we were told at least, maybe not have been the reality. But yeah, it, it, we never really know. We've heard goalies and defensemen and forwards, and then all of a sudden it was Geo. It was like, what the fuck? <laughs> okay. Yeah, you're right yeah, now. Just, it's like, it's again, I have no... Go ahead, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, you're all good, Sally. I, like, I, I don't have any information behind that. It's just kind of me pondering here, like, hey, they just signed two of their centers, and wasn't it this season that Keith was saying... You know, you can't find holes in Holmberg's game when he has him when he had him up. You definitely yeah. didn't say that. Or like very right, sim- like if the coach is already trusting him like that. Yeah, like if, if if the coach is already thinking that and you lock him up, in your mind, yep, there's my four C. Because that's basically what you had him playing, three four C. And you have camp locked up now. So there's your bottom two centers unless the plan is to put JT on the wing full time, which, okay, I know people are talking about speed, but am I completely batshit crazy here by if you're complaining about speed and you're putting JT on the wing, why are you putting Rhino at center? 
Yeah. It's just, it's one of those things where it would be nice, but it, once you break it down to the, uh, how you actually make it work and what it forces, you know, if you're pushing JT to the wing, it just, could you not find a better winger to keep JT at center? Right. His, his face-offs are great. His defensive side of the game is still great. And it, it's not like he's even that slow. He's never been the fastest skater to begin with. You don't have no. to be when you play the game a certain way. Yeah. So I think if you're going to end up spending five or six, six and a half, like on keeping Rhino, I think at that point you might as well just see what you could let. There's that much out there free agency wise either. That's kind of the the other side of this. But I think you can still make it work if you're not committing that money, uh, whether it's a trade or I don't know. The Leafs don't have much to trade either. No, well, they don't. Like, uh, uh, speaking of the draft a little bit, I know this is completely random, but I have cap friendly up and it just showed a clip of the Leafs making that pick. Did I miss something here or was Brad Tree Living not supposed to be at the draft table? He so was, that's the will, weirdest ahead, rule. He's allowed to be there <laughs> after Calgary makes their pick that at 16th because yeah. if he joins uh, before knowing all of Calgary's stuff and, and when they're going to make their pick, then it would be interference. So once Calgary's out of the way, then he can come over and join the Leafs, which uh, it makes sense. It's just like, wow. I, the, the things that they think of for, to make a rule and the things that they don't is beyond me. It's so weird. Okay, so if we're looking at left wingers available UFA, it's like it's not good. Like, what are we? Yeah, like, we've, we've done this already. Are we? Are we getting JVR? Are we getting Thomas Tatar? That's kind of it, because the rest of them are Nick Ritchie, Pierre Engvall, Andreas Janssen, and we've done this. Michael Bunting, like Josh Levo, Connor Brown, like <laughs> we could just bring somebody back. So it's going to have to be a trade, and and fuck, there's nobody to trade for. So we end up back at, do we re-sign Ryan O'Reilly? That It's such a weird year. And, like, with, with the way the cap's going to be, like, nobody has any idea what the cap's going to be in the coming years. But with how much it should have grown without the pandemic, and then how close they are to getting the escrow paid off. You, you can even just look at the growth of the other big leagues in the time since the pandemic. Like, Oh, it's insane how stagnant the NHL has been. Absolutely. Yet another reason that we need to get rid of Batman, but we'll not get into and, that today. Um, another reason that the, the players association needs to step their shit up, man. Like, I know they just got, what's his name? Walsh in there, but like the, this is them losing out on a lot of money. This is heavily impacting the contracts that are going around the NHL. And it's disproportionately affecting like the middle pack. Like the guys, like we've talked about this, guys that make anywhere from three to six million dollars. It's heavily affecting those guys because teams can't afford those. You're either on a league min or you're a superstar. Like there's no room for much in between on a lot of teams. And that's why you got, what was it, like 16 teams that said they're going to be over the cap this year and there's not really anything they can do about it. Yeah. Like, it's hard until so, it can't be. Like, it, it, it ju- everything's just so up in the air because of those factors. Like, I know Rhino's getting up there in age, but do you get a little wink, wink, nudge, nudge, sign one year at four million, and then we'll re up you for four years at 
I don't know, four years at four million later, where you wouldn't be getting that in your the later part of your career if you sign now, but when the cap goes up, it's not going to affect us as much. Like I'm literally no research behind that, just throwing numbers out as a talking point. But yeah, like realistically, the cap should be what ten million higher than it is right now. <laughs> like, Easy, if, it's insane. So going up another million, it's like, man, it's like you know when they say. Every year, if you don't get, what is it, a 3% or a 6% raise or something with inflation, you're, like, getting a deduction. It's, like, beyond that. Yeah. We should be pushing up and getting close to $100 million over the next couple yeah. of years. I've got cats <clears throat> scratching at my door. One sec. You guys can take over for a minute. We've already had enough of the Panthers, okay? <laughs> <laughs> like... I don't know what your thoughts are on it, Sully, but with the way the free agency group is looking this year, like I'd love to have Rhino back, but it all depends on the cost. And then who could we get in without having to mortgage our future, trading everybody and everything away to, to get really the help? Like we can't. have nice coming in. Yeah, you you like fingers crossed. You have Robertson coming back too, right? If that guy can stay yeah. healthy, he's a that really changes like your middle of the line order here. Huge. Absolutely. It's, it's so tough because you, if, if you talk to anybody in the media, the Leafs need defense. So everybody's <laughs> always saying, get them defense, get them defense. Whereas what's really hindered us the last couple of years in the playoffs has been the secondary scoring exactly. as much as everybody wants about- to rip. Go ahead. Like, imagine losing Nylander, too. Like, how slow would Tavares' line be then? But if you can have him and Robertson, say, flanking him, then it maybe doesn't matter if he's that slow, right? Because he's just going to be in front of the net. He's going to do what he does. Every year, he's getting a little wiser. He's changing his game. But, yeah, you're right. Like, the defense isn't everything. Uh, Middle-of-the-line scoring is quite important, and especially with speed. And, and there's no one out there that you can just go target. No. Speaking of Nylander, what do we think uh, contract-wise? Because that's getting speculated about now, especially with uh, some comparables. And I know um, we've tried to come up with a comparable to him, and it's not super easy, but we've just seen Timo Meyer sign yeah. 8 times 8.8. Pierre-Luc Dubois signed... Oh, my Lord. Pierre-Luc <laughs> Dubois signed 8 times 8.5. Aaron Arn and Iron Arn. That was so hard. I mean... <laughs> For this year, those are your comparables, aren't they? Yeah. Honestly, um, I think, Beaner, you said 8.8 because it's fun, right? I think that's what we're going to get. Well, like, and that's, like, I could honestly see that being something Willie would do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because he's so, like, is aloof the right term for it? Like, he's so, nothing bothers him. Like, just, okay, you want to give me a contract? Yeah, Yeah, that's my jersey number. Sure, let's do it. Yeah, it's very lucky, like, go easy. <laughs> yeah, that, that's totally how his negotiation went last time. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe like, he was maybe totally cool it. and just said, I'll sign whatever you're putting for me. If you can get it under nine, that's a whole different ball game. But I, I probably think it's going to be between nine and 9.5. And it is a different ball game, too, because Dubis had a lot more patience. Uh, Brad doesn't this time. If he's not going to get it done relatively quickly, he will look to move him. So I think Nylander's can't pass the factor in that as well. Does he want to stay in Toronto? 
Yeah, and I mean, with comparables, again, we can see what you could get for moving him because we just saw Pierre-Luc Dubois not only sign, but then traded. So, I mean, you're looking at a a package that includes Gabe Velarde, Alex Alfalo, Rasmus Kapari, and a second-round pick next year. I mean... So, I know PLD to Willie's not a complete one to one, but that's a that's pretty close, man. <laughs> I was gonna say like Dubois a center. Centers always get valued higher, as much as it shouldn't factor into it. Um, Dubois was third overall. Willie was what eighth, seventh, yeah, eighth, seventh, seventh, somewhere in there, top ten. As silly as it sounds, that shouldn't factor into it. But a lot of the old school GMs like, oh, I'm trading a. Seventh overall for a third. What the hell? Two. Um, There's also the factor. Sorry. Uh, go ahead. Eighth. Fuck. No, no, that's okay. Like, I hate using the term. I, I hate using the term, and, and I don't know him as a person. But he was drafted the same year as Matthews, and he's now requested to be traded out of two different franchises. That's what I was just yeah. going to say. And he, has and he didn't even get to go where he, he wanted. Not even shifts, like periods like, where he will th- take This franchise like that he off. requested to be traded out of? Yeah, go ahead. Someone go. Yeah, sorry. Just, you're cutting out there, Sadie, a little bit. Um, oh. So we've seen uh, a couple trades. We've seen a couple trades go down here. Um uh, Alex Newhook going for a first, second, and Gianni Fairbrother. So, I mean, like, picks is also a thing. Like, what it, realistically, if we're looking at, you know, contract negotiations, negotiations fall through, what are you getting in return for William Nylander? Like you said, he's not a center. He's a winger. But, I mean, I think you could get two guys and a pick, like a second. Is that, like, you know, maybe one player less than the Dubois trade like is that crazy but we don't like we're not at that point like we're not Winnipeg who's gonna have to be going through a rebuild it we trading Nylander for two prospects and a pick doesn't do jack shit for us oh I'm not saying no, it's a good idea and I'm not saying trade them, prospects. you might even look to do like a one for one type of trade I feel that's oh boy. the kind of move that you would want to look for one that's already it, under contract. It, yeah. it the last time that happened for the Leafs, it kind of worked for us with JVR for Shen. Yeah, true. Like at the at the time, I hated it because I love Shen. I've talked about that multiple times. When he came back, it was an awesome. But at the time, JVR was a great ad for the Leafs. Yeah, yeah because if you, if you lose Nylander, like that hurts Tavares' line so much. It hurts the secondary scoring. You can't fill that in by having a couple prospects who are a year or two away it's just then you're banking on robertson you're banking on nyes it's way too much up the chance for a team whose window is right now yeah i mean obviously look we'd love to have him stay uh i'm hoping it's under nine you get him for eight years like i that's going to be so great once this cap starts going up but man i like i've said in the past he has all of the arguments in his corner, especially with leading the team in goals last year, like his his agents got a lot of ammo to come into this negotiation, and Treliving doesn't have the record of uh, dealing with them yet. So, I mean, the we'll PLD and the Timo Meyer thing just happened. That that doesn't help help Nylander's camp very much. 
for leverage. No, the Timo Meyer one especially, um, particularly because he was just moved for a package, right? Like at the deadline, it wasn't you know something that uh, he's not sticking with the team that drafted him. So that one's yeah. Um, and I mean Dubois too, but I think that the Timo Meyer one more so because he was touted as such an asset at the deadline, whereas Dubois has been a bit of a you know, like we've said, a, a question mark and asking his way out of most teams. <laughs> he couldn't even find a, play, a way to stay, like, be happy and stay on a team that also employs his father. I mean, <laughs> to be fair, it was Columbus and Winnipeg. It's not like they're, you know, shining stars of cities to, to live and play in. I'd still rather that than Arizona. Um, I wouldn't. The weather in Winnipeg sucks, and the culture around the Blue Jackets is not great. So, like, you'd rather I, it, live in Columbus, Ohio, than in Arizona. At least you know your check is going to cash. Oh, I mean, you get to play in front of people. <laughs> yeah, Let's that's just say, true. Dubois is not going to hate playing for the Kings. Like, I know he's heartbroken; he didn't get to go to Montreal, but I honestly don't think it would have been great for him there. I wonder how heartbroken uh, he is, really. Probably not as well. I'm, I'm, I'm sure, you, I'm I'm sure we'll find out in a couple years. Yeah. yeah. When he asks for his way out. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, when he shows up in Montreal again before his contract's up. Um, what other, any other trades? We got Riley Smith moved, Ross Colton moved, Tyler Toffoli for uh, Igor Serengovich and a third round pick. Andre Schuster, I missed that one for Andrew Agazzino. So, I mean, like, there were trades today. It's just crazy that nothing happened uh, on the draft floor. Well, those were over yesterday. the last couple of days. Those weren't yesterday. Today. There yeah, were a couple today. New Hook but, as well, yeah. going to Montreal. Yeah. Uh, New Hook. Mackenzie Blackwood going to uh, San Jose for a sixth round pick. That one was surprising. Super hot take by Darty Brader on that one, too. Oh, yeah. Super hot take that I do not agree gonna, with. Gonna win a Vezina one year? Shout out to Dirty. Is that, he, is that what he said? I'm pulling this shit up. What did he say? Hot take alert. Mackenzie Blackwood will be a Vezina winner. Devils have been terrible with tenders since Broder left. Cocken and Reiner, now Blackwood. It's not a bad tendy lineup if Blackwood stays healthy and as good as I predict. That's from Dirty Broder. <laughs> um, the other one here that was a bit of a... Uh, uh, an eye-opener for a lot of people was we were waiting for this huge St. Louis Blues Philadelphia Flyers trade to go down and then it just ended up being Kevin Hayes for a sixth round pick. I uh, and Kevin Hayes, wasn't it 50% retained too? Like 50%. I get it. They're, they're clearing three and a half mil of cap space by retaining even 50%, but like Man, it just shows how hard it is to get rid of contracts. Like, back to this cap thing. Like, nobody can take on anything. Like, if you're stuck with a bad contract, you're stuck with it, man. Arizona's not open for business anymore. <laughs> yeah. Pardon anyone. Like, you have to think, maybe he, the whole locker room issue, just, they need a whole reset there. So, if they were going to swallow 50%, something was up behind the scenes. Yeah, it's three years of three and a half million dollars for a six round pick, man. Like, well, Torts hates him. Yeah, we know it's insane. Oh, 100%. Oh, and fuck, uh, Taylor Hall and Nick Foligno. 
going to Chicago to play with Bernard. <laughs> oh, yeah. What you is this? The trade sheets. deadline from two years ago? Yeah, like this is... It's been exciting. I'm just like waiting. I know Leafs, we got some signings. We got Camp back and Holmberg. That's cool and all. Signing David Camp is actually like a pretty big one, especially for four years. I'm, I'm pretty stoked on that. Um, but I don't know. I'm just waiting for, uh, for Big Bad Brad to uh, to pull the trigger on something. You're not going to see anything until the whole Austin Matthews domino falls. Yeah. Oh, Connor Ingram signing three times of 1.95. Speaking of Arizona, that's a... It's a pretty good deal, I think. They've got a good tendy duo for a team that wants to not be good. <laughs> trade bait yeah, at the well, deadline. We... Or or Vanalka's trade bait. I think you could get a great return for mm-hmm. Vanalka. No kidding. Fuck. I want him. Can we get him, please, to the Leafs? I'm gonna keep Isn't saying that, that another another weird one? How ridiculously quiet it's been on the whole Samsonov front? There has been, again, since our last episode, we talked about, like, no one's talking about goalies. Still, we have no idea who's going to play in head. I'm hearing Hellebuck to, um, uh, was it Jersey? Jersey, I think. Buffalo was rumbling around. Yeah, so, like, there's no rumors of goalies going to the Leafs, so I have no idea what their plan is there. I guess it's pretty hard to, to pick up on rumors when Brad's coming in and probably, you know, locking down info, and it's, you know, people don't want to leak stuff on the new guy. So Leafs run a tight shit, man. It's hard to get anything out of them. Yeah. Um, one more signing I wanted to talk about. I know he's the captain, but Jordan Stahl signs uh, four years, 2.9 in Carolina. He's 34. Like, I get it. But is this really something that's going to, you know, I don't know. Is this just something because he's the captain? Am I missing something here? The, the stalls are not like contributing that much anymore. I, I, I was going to say, I think this, it, it's kind of a little of column A, a little of column B. Like, I think there's a little bit of a legacy contract factor built in there. I'm surprised he's only 34, to be honest. Yeah. Same. Um, but of all three of the stall brothers, like Jordan's really like, like Mark had a decent playoffs on defense but Jordan's really the one of the three that you would still want playing a full-time role in in your lineup. Yeah. I don't know. 2.9 for what's probably what you're, th- what does he play? Third line center? Second? Ideally, you would want him to be your third, I believe. Yeah, I think he jumps between the two. Yeah, so I guess 2.9 for a, a veteran third line center is not bad. It's just, I don't know, when he's 38, it's just... That's what I keep thinking about. Like long term for a 34 year old, I guess not that long, but fuck. But that's what I mean. Like, I think there's a little bit of legacy built in there, right? It has to He's be. your captain. Yeah. He's been there for quite a while, right? No. 100%. Well, um, what else? We got, uh, I think there was a question, but it was just who is Easton Cowan? <laughs> yeah, Pragaria. Who's Easton Cowan? <laughs> We no one quite that. knows but yet. We'll uh, we'll find out. It's a it's a wait and see. So what else is on the horizon? Oh, NHL awards. I guess we can we can touch on if we want to pull those up. Um, I didn't watch. Yay. I didn't really watch it. Did I watched it for. Watch like, it? Uh, I turned it on for a couple minutes and I saw like Dirk Bentley and Darius Rucker. And I was like, yeah, I'm not watching this. I'm good. <laughs> 
I've been kind of away the last little while. My my wife has some relatives down from England, so we were up at a cottage. So I kind of tuned everything out. So I didn't watch anything, but I was getting updates on winners. Uh, so Connor McDavid winning the heart and the news was that one single person who we now know the name of, I don't need to blast them again, uh, voted Connor fifth in heart voting, putting pasta first. And I believe Jason Robertson second and just weirder from there. So like I get on, I get it, but like, don't galaxy brain it that hard, man. No, like McDavid was like, absolutely the winner of that like there was no way around that yeah but at least it wasn't someone astronomically off the board like it's not like they went and said i don't know like a reporter from the leaf saying nylander deserves it yeah right I, like no, at, at least at least pasta is at least a somewhat respectable choice yeah but then connor's number two should be not five. Not fifth. <laughs> yeah. Fucking crazy. Five is and, a bit but, wild. Guys, Bergeron winning his sixth Selkie trophy. Like, please. I thought this was going to be Martyrs. Finally. Legacy. It kind of feels like a legacy award. Everyone knows he's going to retire. <sighs> Fine. Then we're going to get next year. Uh, Ted Lindsay <laughs> goes to McDavid. Eric Carlson winning the Norris. This has sparked the debate again, as it always does, about like, can we have an offensive defenseman award or like a defensive defenseman award? Because this is, come on, you can't be on a team that just picked third overall or fourth, whatever it was, and also win the Norris trophy. Like, the team is garbage. Like, you can score a ton of points because you're the best player on the team by like a mile. You also make like eleven and a half million dollars, so you had better. Like it's just it seems silly. Am I wrong here? Change my mind. I I don't really have enough skin in the game with regards to Carlson to change your mind because there is no way, shape, or form he is becoming a leaf. Um <laughs> not at that price tag. No. But like I I, I can see where you're getting at, but at the same time, even though his team's garbage and he's playing all those minutes, he's still got to perform. And it can sometimes be a lot harder to perform when you have nobody around you. So the fact that you can come back and win another one at his age is impressive, but I do completely agree. It's getting to a point where we can't just give it to a defenseman because they get a ton of points. 101 yeah, points. Holy shit. I didn't even... I didn't know he cracked 100. It's just pretty wild. impressive, especially where he was a couple years ago. But he was minus 26, and we're giving him defenseman of the year. Yeah, yeah that's my that's, point. That's the rub, that, right? That's exactly it. Like, he literally had his best season point-wise and his second worst season plus-minus-wise. Like, that's, that's a little silly. It's a little mm-hmm. silly. I mean, yeah. I know it's not a, a clear defensive metric, but like if you're a fantastic defenseman, you're not going to be on like at 101 points. You were still on for more goals against. Come on. Come on. Like at, at this on. point, you Come almost on. just need to create the Bob, Bobby Orr trophy and give it to the defenseman with the mm. most points. That's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. That's not a bad idea. Matty Beniers taking home the Calder. 
Well deserved. I, I think agree. so. Andre Kopitar taking the Lady Bing. Uh, Linus Allmark taking the Vesna and Jennings Trophy. And uh, sharing it with Jeremy Swayman. Yeah. Well, the Jennings is just, it's so the, awarded to the team with the lowest goals against, right? So that one was pretty much a no-brainer. Right. right. They got Jack um, Adams, too. Yeah. Jack Adams, Jim Montgomery, obviously. Messier Leadership Award to Steven Stamkos. That's a questionable one. Yeah, a little bit. But uh, McDavid taking home the Art Ross as well as, obviously, the uh, Richard. So uh, he had a good night. Four Ted trophies. Lindsay too. Yeah. Not bad yeah. at all. There's got to be a, a more interesting way. Like, let's 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 roundtable this because it's so boring. Like, who could host this that would be exciting? Like, what's a way that you could present awards? Because, I mean, it's not even just the NHL awards. All award shows are fucking boring. I don't think you can. I think they've, yeah, they've just made too as silly as it sounds, I think they've made too much of a spectacle out of all of it. Yeah. I used to love when the NBA, like, in the first round, they, that's when they would give the MVP out. It would be in front of the home crowd, and it would be a big deal. And I feel you get more bang for your buck if you're doing that. Yeah, it's it's tough, because it, again, it's just awarding individuals, so it's kind of, so many people don't have anything invested in it, you know? Uh, yeah. It's the same with like movie awards and stuff and music awards. And we've just seen year after year, so many of them. And I think it's just become overdone. Like I, I agree. It, you almost have to find a way to have like an all NHL, like summer event where there's like some game going on. And like during the game, there's like little breaks where there's like, Oh, and here's an this. Event, award. Yeah. Like th- there should I be mean, some, something like, I don't know. Because it's, it's hard so boring to, it's to a just runaway be because who obviously everyone knew McDavid was going to win this. Everyone knew Montgomery was going to win Jack Adams. So there was no mystery to it whatsoever. Everyone knew what was going to happen. Yeah, there there could almost be a way that they track which ones are you know everyone knows who's going to win it, and they kind of get those ones out of the way before the game, this hypothetical game that I'm talking about starts. And then there's like create a storyline around the other ones that people are you know less sure about the ones that are more up in the air and, and get people's thoughts on them, talk to people like throughout intermission, then at the end of the game, so like, okay, we're going to announce who won, you know, the fucking Hart Trophy or the Vesna. That's the other thing, and like, good point, Sully, that this really, it's been quite a while since we've had a year like this where so many trophies have been pretty much slam dunks. Like, yeah. really, you had Norris and the Calder. Pretty much everything else was spoken for. Well, I mean, you had teams either going for the cup or racing for the bottom. So it was kind of a, a year of haves and have nots. <laughs> it was a good good chance for a lot of players to take advantage of teams trying to tank. So Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. You've got, you know, half the league that's sixteen teams, say two or three players per team that are having kind of an inflated point year. Like that's you know, a couple of people are gonna run away with it. Um, so what, uh, what's something outside of the signings? We can close on this. What would you like to see Brad do before our next episode here outside of Matthews and Nylander? Resign Shen. Oh, that would be nice. Yeah, that's, I'm, that would be nice. I'm still uh, saying maybe something on a goaltender. 
Something on a goaltender would be lovely. Yeah. We've been hearing so many weird, like, oh, they're going to buy out TJ Brody. Why the hell would we buy out TJ Brody? I don't yeah, get that. So stupid. Um, we need an assistant coach. That. It's a good one. It's a good one. I don't know. I'd like to see a, a trade just for the funsies. Um, potential. I, I, I don't know how much truth there is to it, but talk that potentially Boudreaux would come in as an assistant. That'd be cool. It'd be interesting. Um, otherwise, I don't think I have anything. Do you want to get a history uh, history note you want to talk about? A little we, hockey history? We literally just got back from the cottage today, so I do not have anything today. <laughs> well, what about uh, any, any draft stories? I mean, there's the Lindros one, but I think most people know that. How funny would that be if Bedard... He's not going to clearly, but you have all these players oh. with Bedard, or all these people with Bedard jerseys already. All of a sudden, it comes Imagine out that, that he's not going to sign. Like it's not, it's not going to happen. But yeah, was that like known before the draft that like the Nordique had the first pick? Lindros was number one. He's like, I'm not going if you pick me. Yeah, his parents I... let them know that he was not going to play for the Nordiques. It was well known. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. It's so funny. Well, oh, and they're the, still winning from that trade. I mean, and before it, that, you had his rights. Yeah, before that, you had Lemieux as well. When he was drafted by Pittsburgh, he was not happy. True. Although clearly, he ended up signing with them, and the rest is history. Kind so of what did they for him? So the yeah. the whole trade. Um, two Philadelphia Flyers, Eric Lindros, to the Quebec Nordique, Steve Duchesne, Peter Forsberg, Ron Hextall, Kerry Huffman, Mike Ricci, Chris Simon, Philly's first round pick in 93, their first round pick in 94, and $15 million cash. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite part. Here's just a fucking bag of money. <laughs> so what is this? This is a part I was not aware of. There was a, a trade with the rangers that got voided yeah depending on who you ask the rangers say that they had a trade agreed to ahead of time before that trade which was tony amonti alexi kovalev sergey nemechnikov nemchikov i don't know james patrick either mike richter or john van beesbrook undisclosed Ooh. multiple first round draft picks and 20 million dollars that's so crazy. crazy. I didn't know that part of it. Man. The, the, this is how incredible of a player coming out of junior Lindros was. Yeah. The hype was fucking real about this guy. Same level as Bedard, that type of thing. If not even more. Yeah, just because of his size and everything, too. And like the way the NHL is being played at that time. Yep. So they have a bit of the trade tree here. It only goes to like 2001, though. But uh, it says at the end of 2000-2001 season, the Philadelphia Flyers um, had zero Stanley Cups while the Avalanche had two. And Lindros sat out the 2000-2001 season. <laughs> Wait, why did he sit out that season? Concussed, I'm sure. Yeah, After, I believe nope. it was... Nope. 
Um, Bobby Clark, who succeeded Farewell as GM of the Flyers, feuded with Lindros and his parents during his time with the, Fly- uh, with the Flyers. Lindros sat out the entire 2000-2001 NHL season after rejecting a one-year, $8.5 million offer as he demanded a trade from the Flyers. The Flyers traded him to the Rangers in 2001. After he retired from the NHL, the Flyers inducted him in the Hall of Fame in 2014. <laughs> That's the best part. He said, fuck your money. Get me out of Philadelphia. They put him in the Hall of Fame. (laughs) Yeah, Father wasn't the best agent. So what, were his parents his agents? I do believe his dad was, yeah. And there's been a lot of reparations going on trying to fix that relationship because of what he meant to the city and to the fan base. I don't understand how you can get to that point between like an organization and a player. Like, how do you piss them off that much that you're like, get me out of here? There's tons of players that demand to be traded. Just call up PLD. (laughs) He'll tell you how it is. (laughs) Yeah, he's got experience, right? Two teams now. I want to see, so the first round pick that Philly got was traded to the Toronto Maple Leafs as part of a deal to acquire Wendell Clark. That's funny. Huh. Wow. That I didn't know. I did not. This this trade just has like tentacles and everywhere. Um, I want to see. Oh, yeah, it goes uh, on forever. I know Dangle's probably got a trade tree on it, but I'm pretty sure it still affects like the cup that Colorado just won last year. <laughs> It's like the never-ending one. All right. Wild. Well, um, as things happen, we'll come back. As we've said, thanks for tuning in. Check out our new merch over on the Inside the Rank Leaf store. It's in the uh, description, and it's in our uh, our link tree tang. There's some shirts and sweaters and some stickers and some mugs. Get lots of cool things with our logo on it. And then we're going to have some new ones coming out. I'm just finishing up the uh, the designs for the new shirts. We're going to have some uh, some cool cool new line coming out really getting into the the merch stuff so stay tuned for that we got a uh, we got a we got some beaner merch coming just just hinting <laughs> keep your eyes out open for that uh, oh, my geez. goal is to have is to have like everybody having a, a like a certain at least like a shirt you know like something some logo that's you know we'll get Southie's betting thing going it's gonna have its own thing it's gonna be merch baby <laughs> That's the idea, Merch, right? baby. Yeah, man. All right. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back soon. <laughs> I don't want to promise. Free agency is pretty soon, so. Yeah. Free agency on Saturday. Saturday, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so we should hit, we should hit back on the. Oh, but this weekend's Canada Day. Probably I'm going Monday or Tuesday. Yeah, so Saturday I'm going uh, back to my hometown to play a little concert. It's going to be fun. Getting back nice. on the drums after a long time. Love I'm it. doing this as I stall trying to find the outro because I don't know where it is in my soundboard anymore. <laughs> I actually have a wedding on Canada Day. Who gets married on Canada Day? Exactly. Apparently they're patriotic. But yeah. like, okay. That's that's asking a lot of people. But I mean, I guess the, the hope is that everybody's free anyway. But like, yeah, what are you really doing Canada Day? No one's going to forget your wedding. No, but then I feel like in that's Kingston. that's 
cheaping out on your anniversary because like not cheaping out i think it's making your anniversary complicated because you're gonna have to try and do it on canada Day when there's like other shit going on and everywhere's packed you're gonna try and go out for dinner when like everything's closed and like it's just that's true it's too a, man gotta gotta think people don't think, think. you people don't think 